Now let's give God some praise. Let's give our king some praise. The one who saved us some praise. The one that's been good to us some praise. Hallelujah. Our total praise belongs to him. And everything that we are and everything that we shall be as devil stompers, right, as those who go and change the world, everything that we hope to be is in him. I'm nothing without him, but with him I can scale any wall, climb any mountain, stomp any devil, destroy his works, but I don't want to do it alone. My passion and commitment is to do it with you, every tribe and tongue. Listen, today as we celebrate Black History Month, we're celebrating you as, all, as well. So for those of you who are not a part of the browner hue of us, you, you just need to stay put because we belong to you, right? The blood of Jesus Christ has purchased us. So this is a family gathering. This is a homecoming. Hallelujah. This is a homecoming. Your browner brothers and sisters have been waiting a long time for this homecoming. You don't have to be scared. You don't have to apologize. You just need to get with the flow and praise him. Because when we praise him, <laughs> when we praise him, the devil has to flee. Racism can't stay. Fear got to go. When we praise him, we recognize that we all have a place at the table. And I might worship a little differently than you do, but you need to take a bite of that sometimes. Y'all don't eat the same food every day. You need to learn how to get a little greens and black-eyed peas in your system. It's good for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm here as your older sister in the Lord simply to convene this gathering alongside my brother, Dr. Scott Hagen, a mighty man of God, a preaching man. Y'all see how he slid that Christmas letter? I said, if that ain't a preacher, for all of you who want to be a preacher, you should have took notes right there. I was like, Jesus, I, can, I know where he's going. <laughs> Thank you, God. So I want to do what is right. When you are in anyone else's house, you honor the head of that house. So to you, Dr. Scott Hagen, we honor you, give you blessings, love you, man of God. I also, uh, Dr. Hagen, I want to acknowledge the bold and courageous moves that you've made on behalf of this institution. I want you to know that the cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul and the black community have watched. And we know that you've taken hits on our behalf. And so we thank you. We thank you for what you did on behalf of establishing the George Floyd Scholarship. Bethel University followed immediately after. We know that this is what it takes to destroy the works of the devil. It takes courage. It takes doing the right thing when other people don't want to do the right thing. And your head did the right thing. So you keep praying for him because courageous leadership is difficult leadership. So we honor you and we say thank you for being a trailblazer. Thank you for challenging not only the cities but the nation to do what was right. We honor you today, man of God, your beautiful wife and your children, the tribe, right? You know, Dr. Hagen got a tribe. He got all, all kind of kids, so we just, uh, the tribe called Hagen, we bless you today. You all can be seated. I also want to honor my friend Doug Graham, my friend and brother Andrew Denton, who I've had the pleasure of working with. Uh, 
my friend and fire starter, Jeff Dio. Y'all know you got a real one in Jeff D. That is my man. That is my friend and my brother. And in his absence, the incredible Joshua Edmond. Joshua is incredible. I know some of you are still getting to know him, but listen, the minute he stepped foot in the cities, I said, that one's mine. I'm keeping Joshua and his family. And so uh, praise God for him. He is one to watch, you all. And I'm so grateful for him and for the support. And so as we begin this time, as we think about this time together, and as I honor certainly Dosa, thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your leadership. And all of you in BSU, your best days are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. Uh, I see some friends from Aliento. I see some faces that I recognize. I see some fire starters. Yeah, I saw you. I heard it. We're ready for the next one, y'all. Ready? We're ready. So just love you all and what God is doing. You know, God is doing a, a rejoining work. I don't think that in the United States of America, it's just that our bones have been broken. I think that we are a, fra a fractured and a shattered people. It has been amazing to me as I've looked at history and looked at the state of where we are as a nation. It has been extraordinary to me that we have struggled so deeply with our past. When you look at South Africa, South Africa, after apartheid, put together something called the Truth and Reconciliation Commission to acknowledge what they had done. They didn't simply say, well, you know, that happened, and yeah, we, Stephen Biko. They said, no, we, the Dutch South Africaners of South Africa, the minorities, we have chosen to beat and destroy African people, and we need to be held accountable. South Africa was able to do that. Look up the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Germans were able to say, after the Holocaust, we, the church, were complicit as we saw plumes of smoke go into the sky, which were the burning bodies of Jews. And we chose to protect ourselves rather than to say this cannot happen on our watch. And yet in the United States of America, we refuse to say that we established this nation on the backs of black and brown people. We exterminated Indian people and we are sorry for what we have done, and we will do the work to get it right. Why do we struggle so much? I will tell you that we will remain fragmented until we are truth tellers. And the church that is responsible for knowing the truth and being the truth should be leading out. And instead, what I have seen in the recent days of those who call themselves a body of Christ is an embarrassment. And so I appeal to you all, the leaders of this nation, to forge a better America, to demand a better America. And part of that begins with acknowledging not just racism or those things, but acknowledging that we have to do more than I'm sorry's and what must we do. We must live in a way that acknowledges the Imago Dei of each one of our brothers and sisters. Today I'm before you to talk about something that doesn't get talked about in history very much in our history books, and that is black excellence. Black excellence. 
Now, for those of you who feel relatively queasy or nauseous about that idea, congratulations, because that, what is that is telling me is that the history books have miseducated you like they have miseducated most of us. Black people are not inherently angry, evil, hip-hop artists, basketball players. Though we can do all of that. Yes, we make athletics look great. Yes, without us, you probably would not have the winning teams that you have. However, I suffice it to say that many young African-American young men would not just have their sights set on athletics if the nation would tell them the truth of who they are. We have done a disservice, and if there is anything in your generation that I would plead of you, is to please rewrite American history so that all of history has been told. Some of you are uncomfortable with the idea of blacks, black excellence because media has shown you the flip side of it. They have flicked at you, Barack Obama, as if we should all shudder and be amazed. They have flicked at you, Oprah Winfrey, as if she's the only individual who has ever been great in her life. She is not the first black millionaire. Here is what the key is of black excellence. You know what makes black people excellent? It is not that we're better than anyone else. It is that we have survived despite everyone else. It is that despite chattel slavery and despite being stolen, despite the middle passage, despite giving birth underneath the slave ships, despite having our families thrown overboard, despite the fact that we had our backs split open, despite the fact that our women were raped, despite the fact that they sold our children away, despite the fact we have stood the test of time and refused to bend. That's a threat to some people. We have refused to allow somebody else's history to be our history. Instead, we have been writing our history all along. Many of you do not know that there are more than 100 historically black colleges and universities in the United States of America. established on the heels of the civil rights movement for some of them of Jim Crow and of slavery. Some of them were established, in fact, many by abolitionists, white brothers and sisters that look just like you, who I can guarantee you took hits and falls for doing it. More than 100, 85% of African-American doctors, lawyers, architects, and nurses come out of those historically black colleges and universities. Prince George's County, Maryland is one of the wealthiest African-American communities per capita of anywhere in the United States. Black people are not inherently impoverished. That's what the media shows you. And I want to encourage you that this is Satan's domain. So whatever Satan is telling you in the media, don't believe it. Get in a car, get on a bus, get on an airplane, and go see for yourself what black excellence looks like. Don't be surprised when you realize that you've been sold a bill of goods. 
but recognize that black excellence has also been birthed in us from the beginning through Jesus Christ. In the fall of 1969, iconic songstress Nina Simone released a ballad entitled To Be Young, Gifted, and Black. Written in honor of her dear friend Lorraine Hansberry, the playwright who wrote the equally iconic stage play A Raisin in the Sun. Hansberry died at just 34 years young, and Nina Simone wanted to find a way to remember her. Here are a few of the lyrics. Young, gifted, and black. Oh, what a lovely, precious dream. To be young, gifted, and black. Open your hearts to what I mean. You are young, gifted, and black. We must begin to tell our young. There's a world waiting for you. Yours is the quest that has just begun. What audacious words to write in the fall of 1969. It was a time of great turmoil. Martin Luther King Jr. had been assassinated just the year before, as had John and Robert Kennedy years before them. Urban cities were burning, and we were in the throes of a war called Vietnam. Policing and brutality accompanied the marches and the slogans, and may I pause right there to tell you that African Americans are not inherently anti-police. My cousins who serve in the Minneapolis and St. Paul police forces and my cousins before them and those who were the ones who broke the mold in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. Debbie Montgomery, who was the first female police officer and African-American police officer in the city of Minneapolis and St. Paul who raised me at her table. Some of the most loving people that we have ever known. But did you know that policing began as a way to corral runaway slaves. Policing did not begin with a sense to serve and protect. It was to be able to protect and to bring back the property of slave owners. So when you think about why African Americans have a problem, you'll go back in history and recognize that the Klan were also the police that when people were arrested, they weren't brought to a cell, they were brought to a pasture and lynched. So when you wonder why in the midst of our excellence we are angry, it's because we're waiting for the church to say no more. We are waiting for Schwerner, Goodman, and Cheney's. We are waiting for others who will walk alongside of us, like Viola Liuzzo, a white mother of five children from Detroit, Michigan, who was shot by the Klan because she drove black people during the march between Selma and Montgomery. Or Reverend James Reeb, a white Presbyterian pastor who was beaten to death by a white mob because he dared serve black people. Let me tell you something, if we want freedom, it's going to cost you something. It's time out for being churchy. It's time out for ha ba ba, but you not calling on Jesus in the midst of the difficulty. Don't say you're filled with the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost can't keep you in the midst of the fire. It's time out for all of that. In 1969, 
The words of Martin Luther King Jr.'s voice still rang in the streets of a discombobulated people whose black Moses had been taken from them. King's final book, Where Do We Go From Here, was the question of the hour. It is still our question today, as 55 years later, we still seem to be stuck in those old patterns of where we were when Dr. King was walking in the streets. Why do our black children fear? Why do we have the realities and the strife that we have? Why do we still have systems of injustice that he fought so hard for? Why do we love to talk about him one day a year in January, but we cannot live what he said? We love to chronicle, I have a dream, while other people's dreams are dying. And while we argue about race and who is right, children get snatched in these streets. Young girls get sold into slavery. People stand at the border trying to have a better life. And we are arguing about who is more spiritual. It's going to be on us. It's going to be on you and me. In the days of today, as we think about being young, gifted, and black, it is important that we recognize that the greatness of my blackness does not detract from the glory of your whiteness. Can I speak to my white brothers and sisters today and say your whiteness is not a liability? You didn't choose it any more than I chose this brown skin, but how you choose to live in it will be your legacy. How you choose to live in the body with the spirit that you have, that will be your legacy. Do you realize that you too have been robbed of a legacy? While we talk about being African-American, that's food and language and land and smell and sounds and braiding hair on the porch and grandma cooking greens and spirituals. What happened to your family ancestry? What is whiteness? What is that? When your grandparents and great-grandparents came from Ellis Island, they were not white. They were Poles and Slovaks and Jews and Italians and Irish and people who were Chinese. They were people who had to come here and forge their way. People called them spicks and called them all manner of ugly names. But you know what happened? Fear crept in and a deal was sold. If you go for this idea of whiteness, at least you're not them. Those poor black people. You can be poor and white and still be better than those N-words. So we bought the bill of goods. We believe the lie, and now today it's blackness and whiteness, and we're all scratching our heads saying, what is that? We need the church of Jesus Christ to rise up. We need to acknowledge the creative genius who is God. If we believe in the same gospel, we must believe that God created all of us in incredible hue. When I go to the flower shop and buy flowers, I don't ever just buy one kind of flower. I want all of it shoved in one beautiful vase. I want to see every color of it. How about you? And yet Satan has got us on the run, beloved. He's made us afraid of each other. Brothers and sisters, we have work to do. Let me speak for a minute to my brown brothers and sisters. The greatness of who you are does not have to be earned. You have nothing to prove to anyone. 
It's already in your DNA. It is in the DNA of your ancestors, great and mighty men and women, kings and queens, warriors and nobles, stolen from their lands and brought to a place of untold brutalization. The history that we have read may have tried to break our backs, but it could never break their spirit. Shackles and chain gangs and whips may have torn their skin, but it could not steal their focus on freedom. It seems that brutality of the Middle Passage into the slavery and civil war and reconstruction and Jim Crow South and housing projects and redlining tried to cut short your legacy and your presence within society. But I guess your sitting here tells a different story. And now beyond the stalwart strength of your DNA that has refused to be snuffed out, you've been given an even greater, more everlasting DNA through your salvation in Jesus Christ. I want you to hear that one does not have to take away from the other, but both enhance the other. Why do I say that? Because some of us as young black people struggle we feel if we're not angry enough or if we're not thrusting our hands at Black Lives Matter or we're not walking around like caged animals, we're not black enough. The devil is a liar. Dr. Daniel Hale Williams never walked that way. Barack Obama did not walk that way. Michelle did not walk that way. John Lewis did not walk that way. Nobody in the civil rights movement walked that way. They were not slouching. They put on their Sunday best and said, if you're going to arrest me, arrest me. But you will never take my dignity or peace. Your blackness is not determined on the issue of the hour. Your blackness is determined on the greatness of your ancestors and the one who is greater in you. So if you want to walk the lines, do it, but doing it remembering who your master is. Don't you ever discredit the gospel to try to be relevant. Too many of us have believed that Christianity is the white man's religion. The only way you would say that is if you have not done your homework. Christianity was birthed in the same cradle in the Middle East as Islam and Judaism. We serve an Afro-Asiatic Jew with hair woollier than mine. Don't you ever forsake the King of Kings or your historical lineage that will last longer than your body when you die. But instead, you take them with you. PBS right now is showing a series called The Black Church. Brothers and sisters of a lighter hue, because that's all we are. Y'all got that? Someone say amen. There's greens in you too, amen. If you want to know why we sing the way we sing, why we moan the way we moan, why we cry the way we cry. Why we preach the way we preach. Watch that on PBS. You will know that our cries is a rallying cry to keep going, to keep fighting, not without you, but with you. We love you, brothers and sisters. If the greater one is in us, we mean no malice. We mean no hate. And there are those who are not on the journey. And so you will meet some people along the way who are angry. But guess what? And some of you will know this. I've been told the same thing about people who look just like me. You're not angry enough, so you're not black enough. 
Anyone else ever been there? You're not angry enough, so you're not black enough. Guess what? The devil is a liar, and you ought to be glad that I'm not angry enough. Because if we met in a different time in history, my anger would be known clearly to you. Thank God for Jesus. Can anyone say thank God for Jesus? Beyond the stalwart strength of your DNA, dear brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ has filled you. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 said, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in the likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, imago Dei. In the image of God, he created them male and female, not black and white, not Latino and Native American. He created all of us, everybody, everybody, right? Y'all learn how to spell that, E-R apostrophe B-O-D-Y, everybody. All y'all, all y'all, usins, okay, usins, usins, right? He created us, male and female. He created us to subdue, to overcome, to fight the good fight. Someone say, fight the good fight. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You're not my problem and I'm not yours. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against who? Principalities, powers, rulers. We need to link arms, beloved. Are you hearing me? Let me speak specifically to my white brother. Where are my white brothers at? We love y'all. Do you know that? Do you know that? You know that we're not angry at you? But we need you, y'all. We need you. And we know what we need you to do? Not say, I'm sorry. We need you to go back to your own communities and say, that's out of order. Racism stops with me. Uh-uh, we're not telling that joke at Christmas every year. That's what we need you to do. Go tell your granddaddy, stop talking to me until you can honor my kinfolk. Recognize that kinfolk and skinfolk are two different things. Because I got kinfolk who look something like me, but we're not related. Skinfolk and skinfolk are two different things. Y'all are my skinfolk. You're my kinfolk. Skinfolk, people may look like me, but we're not related. Don't think for a moment that just because someone looks like me, we're family. Don't think that every person of color just wants to link arms. That's not how we do. We're looking for truth seekers. We're looking for devil stompers. We're looking for people who say, oh, I see God in you. Oh, I see the Imago Day. Oh, I see the glory of God all around you and in you and through you. Oh, oh, yay, come on. Our war cry is not against you. The oh in our bellies is the oh, come on y'all. Time is short. The day is late. Let's expose whatever needs to be exposed in us so that we can be free to love and serve. You, beloved, are made in the image and likeness of God. All of us. 
Every tribe and tongue and nation. Isn't that what it says in Revelation 7-9 at the end of time? So why are we a part of the extermination process rather than the regeneration process? And if the Imago Dei is imprinted upon you, a sinner saved by grace, we must acknowledge that it is imprinted on others as well. We must be sold out, not to the issues of the day, but we must be sold out to the one who refused to sell us out. While we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us, not some, but all. We must be courageous people who look at our history and rewrite history, not just tell the parts of history that we like. We must tell the whole story not to shame, but to restore a sense of dignity to those who have been broken. Do not stop shining, young black man, though the world fear you and hate you. Do not stop shining, young black woman, because the world expects you to be pregnant by 15. Do not stop shining. Do not stop breaking molds. Do not stop doing what your ancestors cry from the ground to say, go forth. Do not stop making this institution a place of brilliance. Ancestors had it much worse than you. So when you talk about the stress that you experience at a PWI, imagine sitting outside of a classroom door because your brownness said no admittance. There are others who have had it far worse than you, beloved. Get in the face of God. Fill yourself with the Holy Ghost and keep going. What you do not like, transform. What hurts you, get healing. But you must keep going. Acts chapter 10, verses 34 and 35 says, God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. When you choose to love and fear the Lord above people, he will open doors for you, make ways for you, heal you where you're broken. He's the friend that sticks closer than any brother. I'm a witness. Don't think for a moment that where I am today is where I began. A scared, picked on, overwhelmed kid, too black for the white kids, too white for the black kids not knowing where I belonged, images of a white Jesus in front of me that made me feel as though there was nothing about me that was worth redeeming until I had an experience with Jesus and went from a church girl to a saved woman with the fire of God in her belly to tell a generation that it's time for us to get to work. To our brothers and sisters in this room who do not share our African DNA, we invite you on this journey. A journey of exploring who we are. History is our history. Your story and my story, not just the ugly parts, the beautiful parts. Our history books have done a great disservice to you and to us by not teaching the totality of who we are as a collective human race. Our God has allowed all of us to grow up together, though. What should not be a part of our common ancestry as children of God is hatred and division and the sowing of discord of the flesh, meaning that all of us that refuse to die have got to give way to the Spirit so that others can live. And the Spirit of the living God who lives on the inside of each one of us must have his way in order for there to be a better, brighter future for all of us, one that is anchored in the truth a future where Christ is at the center, where he lives among us and truly has his way, informing all of society in which we live and learn and love one another 
much better than we have. On this homecoming, this gathering, this time where we're celebrating your brown brothers and sisters, we celebrate you too. Because many of us would not be alive had it not been some courageous kinfolk of a lighter hue who said we would rather die than to be disingenuous. We would rather be beaten by mobs. We'd rather get on buses and go down south. We would rather have our bodies destroyed because how many of you know when you lay down your life on this side, God will raise it up on the other. And we have miles to go before we sleep, beloved. And we will lose some. But I guarantee you on that great getting up morning, when Jesus Christ comes back for all of us, we will see every tribe and nation and tongue. I don't know about you. I don't want to hear, well done, young black woman. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to have an acknowledgement based on my brownness and what I could get over because I was black. Instead, I want to see what I got over because I'm saved. I want us to be together in this journey. Hallelujah. I want us to get some courage together. Hallelujah. I want us to celebrate one another well, not just one month of the year. Hallelujah. I want us to rebuke fear. Hallelujah. I want us to love one another and change the world. And when that war cry of, oh, comes out of our belly, no, it's not against you, but it's the war cry to say, come on, the time is late and the hour is short and Jesus is soon to return. And we've got some devil stomping to do, some celebration to do, some loving to do, and some reconciling to do. So may our God, who is king of all creation, the creative genius of the universe who made us all, may he allow us to celebrate for this moment, in this moment, black excellence. But you know that black excellence also exists in you because the one who has made us excellent is not simply our ancestors, but the great big brother, Jesus Christ, who has saved us all. May he continue to push us forward. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And all who would agree would say, amen. amen.